The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and the Battle of the Bay is done. And so is the season for the Niners. <laughs> it's over, folks. I love it. That and more here on show 426. Before I get into the show, I must go on a freaking rant about the referees. Yes, again. I cannot believe how many games are jacked around. And not that I have any sympathy for the... (laughs) the Bella cheats of the world, but when the referees can totally destroy a game with a call that is a non-call, that's some bullshit. It happens to us all the time. They almost stole the game from us against the Niners with some bullshit penalties. I'm sick of the zebras. They must make it a red flag where you can review the penalties That must come down. It's the only way to make this game right. All right. Raider Nation, on today's show, the post game for one of the most fantastic games I have seen in a decade. The Battle of the Bay epic contest. You got to hit on that. We're going back. We're going back to Kansas City. Kansas City, here we come, baby. We're going to Kansas City, and I expect much more from this team than against the lowly Lambs. So we'll talk about that, too, because the Raiders should be able to come out and make it so two times in a row, if you know what I'm saying. That, and we've got to hit the bone line because you've got to let out the joy the joy of a victory like this cannot be contained. So the bone line will be off the hook. So without further ado, let us roll out. Yesterday, December 7th, 2014, a date which will live in infamy. The Oakland Raiders surprise attacked the San Francisco 49ers and kicked their ass. <laughs> I love it. Let's talk about it, shall we? The autumn wind is a raider, 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 raider. 
Intercepted by Brandon Ross. He overthrew Crabtree, and Brandon Ross on the first play of the game intercepts Kaepernick in midfield. Kaepernick back, pressure to Leo Mack. Well, he sacked him. Kaepernick went down, he lost his footing. And that'll be the second NFL sack for Khalil Mack. I'm really happy for our fans, really happy for our owner, mostly happy for the kids in that room. The Battle of the Bay was a fabulous day. And I don't just mean that because we beat their ass. I mean that because it was a beautiful day. In between all the rain, the cold, the wind was a fabulously beautiful, calm, and most amazing, magical day. The tailgate was packed. The Raider Nation was jacked. And the 49ers, they expected a win. They were almost smug. They were almost smug in their, their, their anticipation of annihilation of the Raider Nation. Alas, to their massive disappointment, and I do mean massive because the frickin' red was everywhere. More color than I have ever seen at the Coliseum Ever. Those fans tried to make some noise a few times during this contest, but had no hope. The majority of 49er fans sat on their ass as their team got whooped up by the Raiders. Just a week before, just a week before, the Raiders looked like the most horrifically jacked-up organization in football. Then they come out when a contest counts. And for their coach, might I say, who, who brought them to this place, I don't know. Personally, I think it was a great combination of good, strong, young talent coming of age and old talent that is, you know, the, the wisdom that is a championship veteran with a ring or two. A couple of baby rattlesnakes on the roster. Take a listen to my conversation with Justin Tuck following the game yesterday. Here with Raiders defensive end Justin Tuck. Uh, what, what, talk about your game plan today. It seems like you had so much success bottling up Kaepernick. Is it something you saw? What did you see on film in preparation? Um... You know, nothing, nothing crazy. I think uh, we just felt like we had a good matchup. Um, that O line is is pretty stout, uh, but we felt comfortable coming in this game if we was able to stop the run. Um, you know, we could get pressure on Kaepernick, and, uh, and that's kind of what happened today. And it seemed like uh, you guys really flying to the football. You know, really a team effort defensively today. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Coach Brown did a great job of keeping us fresh all week. You know, and um, you know, I was able to to utilize that today. And plus, our old line—I mean, our complete offense—did uh, a great job of you know, time possession, keeping the ball, long drives, gave us some rest, uh, and we was able to use that in the fourth quarter to kind of you know continue to, to to run to the ball, fly around, and be fast out there. What did you think about the play of Derek Carr? <laughs> I told him after the game, he's growing up. Uh, you know, he has a bright future here, and uh, you know, uh, I'm excited about what he can do here in the, in the Raiders in the Raider organization for a long time. You know, you played for so long. What's it like when you see your team, after getting crushed 52 nothing, bounce back with an effort like you see today? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him, man. I'm proud of, you know, first of all, the leaders on this team stepping up all, all last week and, and telling guys to forget about it. That's not us. Let's go out here and, and, and right the ship this week. And the young guys fell right in line. We had a great week, a week of practice. Guys focused, you know. And I said earlier, man, 
we never had guys feel sorry for themselves. Even after you know St. Louis, where we didn't play nowhere near what we were capable of. You know, it's, it's a short memory in this game, man. And, uh, we knew coming in this, we had to put our best foot forward to get a win, and we was able to do so. Hey, Justin, what, what was it taste like getting getting the feel for each side of the Bay Niners Raiders? <laughs> it was fun, man. You know, I, I, I think the Giants-Jet rivalry is something similar because we play in the same stadium, it, you know. But out here, man, it's a little different, man. It, it, you know, these two teams, uh, they really hate each other, and uh, it's uh, it's fun to play in, man. This, that stadium was exciting. Uh, Raider Nation was out in full force, and we fed off that energy all game. You talk about growing up, uh, some of the young defenders, you know, guys like Khalil Mack and C.L. Moore just yeah. doing a heck of a job, really really, really getting after it, aggressive today. I mean, that's one thing. I call them baby rattlesnakes, man. They, uh, <laughs> those two guys got a bright future, a long time in this league, man. And, uh, you know, they continue to learn, continue to stay humble and just keep doing the things that they're doing. Uh, you know, you better watch out. Those two guys are, are something special. And I love, you know, we feed off of their energy. You know, it, it shows that they're young and, and uh, got a lot of energy because they, they showcase it. Every, you know, those guys fly around, and they, they're in. If they're not making the play, they're around the ball, and that's contagious, man. So uh, hats off to those two guys. Hey, congrats on the win. Thanks, Justin. No problem. Thank you. He talked about the energy, and we felt that yesterday. I thought, yeah, i got to give credit to Raider fans. Loyal. They showed up strong yesterday, and they provided an atmosphere where they were able to get off on both sides of the football. You know, I, I had seen a game here. It was about 10 years ago. It was a New Year's Eve against the Giants. It didn't go so well for Oakland, but I'll say this. I hadn't been back in a while. We got to cover the game yesterday from the press box. I'll use this. I'll use the word charming to describe the stadium, but I'll also say this. The old school press box gives you the ability to slide open the windows. You don't get that in any of the new stadiums. It's the thick glass. The ability to slide the glass open and listen to the fans and listen to the atmosphere yesterday, it was amazing, especially late in the game when the black hole and everybody else in there started to get the feeling that the Raiders were going to pull this thing out. It just got louder and louder and louder. From the music to the ambiance, everything around, man, the fans made that game. The fans were crazed in the stadium. The roar could be heard miles away. The Raider Nation came hard and loud. And the San Francisco 49ers fans wilted like lilies in the sun. It was the best game I've seen in years. And Raider fans were loving it after the game. Raiders! How's that new effing stadium doing for you? Charles Woodson, his 59th interception, bound for Canton. Kaepernick back, pressured, throws, intercepted! By Charles Woodson on the Niner 30. The Raiders take over. Kaepernick throws the pick to Woodson. That's town business right there, baby. Y'all give him his yellow jacket right now. Make no mistake, he will go in as a Raider. Brandon Ross intercepted too. Kaepernick was <laughs> he was stunned by the coverage Kaepernick plenty of time chased by Justin Tuck to his left throws down the sideline for Crabtree intercepted by Brandon Ross he overthrew Crabtree and Brandon Ross on the first play of the game intercepts Kaepernick in midfield hey, we just talked about this that's how we set the total defense the pass rush was fierce there was no let up Tarver called a 
fabulous defensive game, and the players came to play. There was attitude everywhere, much pushing and shoving, as you saw. The 24-13 beatdown of the Niners took them out of the contest for a playoff contention. You know, an underlying theme to it, Greg Olson broke into the NFL with the 49ers. Jason Tarver broke into the NFL with the 49ers. And I always, uh, not always, but often uh, coaching staffs impress me when they attack the team that I know so well exactly the way I would do it. And I obviously know the Raiders way better than the Niners, but I know the Niners really well. I've seen every one of their snaps since 09. And the the Raider game plan yesterday was exactly the way I felt you need to play that team to beat them. They pressured the quarterback. They blitzed him. They took his primary away, and then he just gets frenzied. He rolls to his left. He's highly inaccurate. They just did a good job of taking away his first read and pressuring him. And then on defense, the one thing that I saw by running into that front is just a waste of time. They they ran a little bit. They were able to have the lead so they can get some good runs, and Murray did a nice job with his vision, a few of the cutbacks. But uh, I thought throw it on him, and I thought specifically – you know, Borland is a tackling machine, and Will Hoyt is a really good run stuffer, and so is Scuda. But they give up the middle of the field. They miss Bowman and Willis in pass coverage. I can still see Kenny Britt, Borland just yeah. dropping the coverage. Uh, I can see Robert Turbin way out wide. Nobody there. Where are the backers? Where's everybody filling? You know, they drop back in their zone, and the middle of the field was just open. And But beyond all that, it was the offensive lines play. I saw Donald Penn. In fact, I, I broke it down on the Silver and Black Show. Eldon Smith ate him alive last year in Tampa. Ate him alive. He played him so well. I don't know if it was the soggy field or what, but Alden just was not coming off the, the snap of the ball the way I'm used to seeing him. They only once moved him to Khalif's side for a series. I thought they would do it more. And Derek just played. It's amazing how we spoke last week. I can't wait to get Trent on because mm-hmm. the Raider coaching staff always says you just have to tell them one time. Well, they've been in his ear a lot about it, but you and I spent a lot of last week talking about pocket presence. Did you see his feet yesterday? And a couple of those throws were perfectly still, did not climb in the pocket, did not get all antsy. Now, the Raider offensive line blocked them really well, even their twist and stunt game and Justin Holden and all that. But he just carved them. He made one bad throw. May have been his first. The front side slant to Kenbrell Tompkins mm-hmm. was behind him. Otherwise, he played a really good game. A perfect game. Just his best game by far. The way he managed the game, all of his throws. Stayed in the pocket, The way he relaxed. told Michael Rivera to sit down on that deep over route against Borland when Borland was on top. I mean, just everything. He just, wow. When you see that, and I don't, I don't normally, you know, uh, the media likes him a lot because he's so adorable. Sure. Compared to Cap, it's just night and day the way they handle themselves. I don't normally put a lot into that, but I did drop by his press conference yesterday. And he's just, a, you know, about a month ago I called him that sometimes he looked like a boy to me. And he's growing up. But yesterday he played like a man and he acted like a man after the game. The way he explained everything, and he was fun. He's still a little bit of a, guy, a little kid in him. But he's a... Uh, but he knows. Yeah, he and knows. The, the, the key sometimes thing, and I'm sure we'll get, into the, we'll get into the Harbaugh thing sure. ad nauseum. But it is a critical hire here, whether they keep Tony. And part of me thinks continuity... He's doing well with Ole and Flip. I'm sure they'll make a change, though. But you have to make sure the next coach that you hire has stability. We cannot do to him what happened to Alex Smith and Jamarcus. 
You can't keep flipping staffs every year. Otherwise, you know what? He's a rookie every year. You got to give him the same people, stable people. So we'll get into the Harbaugh thing. I'm not sure he's stable enough. John was a lot like that years ago. Is he, is he grown up a little bit since he's been away? But beyond all that, the offensive line was great and, what an environment yesterday, John. Great football game. and everybody, Give the fans credit, too. Everybody behaved very well. It's very much like a Stanford camp. Mm-hmm. Driving in, first thing I saw was all those red awnings. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, what's going on here? We in Kansas City? But then it, I saw Raider fans and Niner fans barbecuing together, sharing a, a beer together. They were, I just seemed like kind of like state against university, you know, yeah. like in a college university, USA. It just seemed like a nice environment. I didn't see anything after the game. Now, it helped the Raiders won. I think our fans would have been a little testy had they lost the game, but it was a great game yesterday. Yeah. Very well played. And Definitely the Niners do have a crisis at quarterback. Carr, 22 of 28, three TDs, 140.2 passer rating. Need I say more? 24-13, the final. The Raiders uh, get the win in the Battle of the Bay, and I think the most impressive thing to me was uh, just the uh, development and the uh, performance of uh, Derek Carr. He looked great. He had three touchdowns, over 250 yards passing. He looked comfortable. He was making plays with his legs. He was standing in the pocket. The offensive line finally gave him time to be able to look over the defense, and we saw him attacking down the field, and that included two back-to-back 80-yard drives in the second half to seal the game. He's got poise, but more importantly, he bounced back after playing arguably his worst game in that 52 nothing loss to the Rams. He bounced back and played his best game against his uh, cross-bay rival, the Niners. It was impressive. What's amazing is the Raiders have absolutely nothing to play for except the number 1 draft pick. To, for, to get an effort like this from both sides of the football and special teams, how about Seabash booting that, what was it, 57 yards to open the game? And still had, like, still had room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that... When you look at a performance like that for a team that had absolutely nothing to play for, that's what's got to get you excited about the future. Same thing happened on Thursday night against Kansas City. They got up because it was a primetime game. Lo, what's it like for a player playing in primetime? It's different, right? There's a little bit more adrenaline. You know everyone in the country is watching you, right? Absolutely. You're playing on national TV and you're playing on primetime. You know that your performance is going to speak volumes. Good, bad, art, and difference. If you don't perform, you know what? You're going to get that phone call and you're going to get called out, you know, in meetings, everywhere. And what I loved about Young Carr, this guy was had a rating <laughs> about young car. young car. You know, he's got his older brother. So it's like, you know, having a rating of 140 and to outperform a team that's been to three NFC title games. And to be able to hook up with Rivera, look in the way Mike Rivera, he has found his blanket. His security blanket is Mike Rivera. The way that those two were able to, to connect, this whole year, those guys have built chemistry. Rivera seemed like he became the man we've expected him to come to be. I think he might have just hit his stride as a tight end. Amazing catches. TD. Some real clutch third down receptions. Amazing. Marcel Reese continues to be our best tight end. That's what he should be. I mean, Marcel Reese, you know, it's not really that fullback. He's an H-back. He's a slash tight end. He's a hybrid. But to watch Carr's development, to watch his consistency, to watch the way that he handles himself, the constant pro, how he carries himself in the locker room, how he carries himself on the field, on and off the field, he has that bravado about him that he walks out there. You see him in guys' face, but he gives them hope. He lets guys know that I have this team. I'm going to be accountable. And yesterday 
was a prime example of that. You saw this young man elevate his performance, his work ethic, his ability to lead. You saw the defense get behind him and rallied. When you score points and you can go on 80-yard drives and put that together and ended with exclamation point with a touchdown, you win your team over. When you get in a guy's face and give him attaboy, you win your team over. This young man has won the Raider fans, his team, his coaches, and this community over. In 13 games this season, that was the second-best quarterback rating put up against Vic Fangio's defense. Derek Carr, 140.2. Wow. 78% completion percentage yesterday. The Raiders had themselves a quarterback. When I look at him, his charisma, the way he leads off the field, I've seen him in the locker room taking responsibility for the mistakes that he's made, and we saw it on the field yesterday. He was getting the ball downfield. He was patient. He bought time when he had to, and he did a great job of leading the offense and didn't turn it over. The offensive line should get a game ball because they were absolutely freaking amazing. Thank you, Donald Pantini. Cog to roll left, throw wide open, eligible. It is caught for a touchdown by Donald Penn. Touchdown, Raiders. That's how you throw the quarterback out. That's how you throw the out. Man, he threw a duck. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, baby? Very nice, baby. Hey, let's go. Got a lot more to go. That offensive line kept him clean, kept him upright. He, he, you heard Carr in his interview. He's talking about, well, I had to go to the sideline and say, guys, keep doing what you're doing. I can't believe how much time I'm getting back here. And when you give a quarterback that's such a prolific passer, you look at this young man, what he did at Fresno State. I mean, this guy can get the ball out of his hand quick. He's got a great delivery. You give him time, he'll shred you. And he shredded, what you say, the top 10 defenses in the league in 49ers. You talked about their stats. This young man with average receivers took a tight end in Mike Rivera and said, you know what? Hey, diddle diddle. I'm going to Mike Rivera right up the middle. He hit him on a slant. <laughs> he hit him on crossing routes. He tore him up. He looked off safeties downfield. They contained Alden Smith and Justin Smith and said, this pressure's not going to get him. His offensive line were hitting guys in the mouth, coming off the line of scrimmage. And what did that do? That created a pocket presence and it showed that car, if you give him time and give him weapons don't matter who he's playing against this guy can light it up and yesterday he lit it up joe good game ball because only one sack allowed one sack one sack for nine yards that's it conversely the raiders picked up five on colin kaepernick yesterday kaepernick got grilled and drilled by number 55 co moore and it was beautiful all over facebook right now you see the the little exchange between the two uh, a man to child, actually. Kaepernick, I mean, look at his post-game press conference. It's pathetic. See what the Raiders defenders were trying to bait you into saying was after play. Did you, did you see that as well? Has that been happening throughout the season, or did they do it more than other teams? No, I don't worry about things like that. Did it happen? A little bit. Colin, when you had your first pass intercepted, did that leave you in a state of just disbelief, or, or how, did, how did that affect you for the rest of the game? It didn't. You leave that play behind. What happened to the interceptions? Uh, just trying to make a play to crab. Safety came over the top. You say 
frustrated out here? Did you, did you feel like you were giving your best from what you've done in the past? I'm giving everything I have every time I step on that field. Colin, is there any chance you guys overlook this team? They've only won one game and you know, got throttled last week. I don't think so. You in particular don't seem to be playing at your usual level the last several games. Do you understand why aside from not executing? I have to play better. I'm sorry? I have to play better. I understand that. Do you understand why you're not playing better? I haven't been playing well. Okay, we saw that. Grow the hell up, boy. You look at our quarterback, our younger quarterback, who didn't have the advantage of walking into a successful organization like Kaepernick and being spoon-fed all the way to the Super Bowl and then thinks his shit don't stink. And now, since there's a finger on him, he's folded up like a cheap suit. Carr has been tested through fire, and that's what it takes, man. That's what it takes. The young man is now playing a better game. And trust me, I'm not just blowing smoke out of my ass. If you look at him, even this game to last game, he was looking off receivers. He was double pumping. He was freezing the safety. He was doing all the right stuff, baby, and getting the ball in the sweet spot. What more could you want from a quarterback? Oh, yeah, you could want this, an attitude to go along with it, to tell his team, let's get our shit straight here when there was a delay of game call. He is the man. It's amazing that the Oakland Raiders, the what some would say the face of dysfunction in the National Football League, were the ones setting the example yesterday after the win. The way Derek Carr carries himself, it's obviously much much easier to handle the media and everything else in a loss, but or in a win, excuse me, but they've lost 11 times this year and, and never once have you seen him act like that. And, and I think a lot of that it's a credit to an older brother who's been around, who's been able to pave the way for him. You know, Oakland, let's say they're not an expansion team, but where they are, they're, they're following a lot of the same blueprint. You're trying to build up from absolutely nothing. You've hit rock bottom. You're trying to come back. I think David has had a big influence on his brother, and I think his brother's handling himself exceptionally well. Like I said, it's easy following yesterday's win to look good, but he's been doing it all year, even in the losses. Why do you think Colin Kaepernick carries himself like that? He's pissed off. He's a young guy. He's still immature. He's got some growing to go. And he's pissed off that he's losing and he has to deal with the media every single day harping on the negative. Like we talked about earlier, it's easy. It's real easy when you're cruising through the playoffs and you've got the commercials and everything's going your way and people love you. You're up at the ESPYs. You're wearing the flashy suits. All of it's easy then. But the real test is how you handle yourself in these situations. He hasn't had to deal with this yet. He's a second-round pick who stepped into the role. They ran Alex Smith out of town for him. And everything, what's he done? He's been the NFC Championship games. He's been to a Super Bowl. Everything's been success so far. Now we're seeing what it's like when, it, when it's the other side of the coin. We're taking a look at the two quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Colin Kaepernick, and, and why Kaepernick, I think, can learn a lot from Derek Carr. He should take notes on how to handle your business. Now, we heard from Kaepernick. In his response to the media yesterday, take a listen to Derek Carr, the rookie. We haven't put it together, obviously, throughout the season. You know, we're young, you know, we're continuing to work hard and listen to our coaches and, you know, the game plan and knowing it in and out. And I felt for the first time there wasn't the little detailed mistakes that just ruined it. Obviously, there's still mistakes, but I think that there was just so much attention to the detail that we just went out and did our job. That's all you have to do is go out and do your job. They'll win some plays, we'll win some plays, but hopefully we can just execute at a higher level. So I think we finally did that to the, you know, obviously the best we have. He continues to blow me away, and it reminds me of the early season game against Houston after they got hammered at home. I went back into the locker room, 
and I saw Carr, he was walking up to each of his offensive linemen, you know, player by player, saying, look, that was my fault. He was talking about a specific play. He was taking ownership of the mistakes that he made on the football field and made sure that he communicated to his guys that, look, that's on me. I will correct that in the future. And I think Colin Kaepernick, he should take a look at Derek Carr and say, look, this is how you got to handle your business with the media. you got to take accountability for your play and how you carry yourself. I mean, Derek Carr does not mope and talk in a monotone voice. Yeah, and he did that last week against the Rams. You heard Derek Carr. He went up to the mic, looked at the media and said, a lot of that's on me. We came out flat. I can't turn the ball over. I turned a bad play into a worse play. I threw an interception. He was spot on. He has been so consistent in spite of this as losing. And if there's ever a reason to be a baby with the media, it's after a 52-0 loss to the St. Louis Rams, the way they got beat down. But he owned it, man. He, he, he's the one acting like the pro. Any question now whether <laughs> Carr is better than Kaepernick right now? Who's the better quarterback oh, right on. now? Right now. Come, come on. on. Go ahead, love. <laughs> Numbers don't lie. Yeah. You saw today. You saw one quarterback that was looking running for his life in the huddle, whether it's offensive line, lack of protection. You also saw another guy that was poised, getting the ball off on time, getting the snap off on time. You look, saw Kaepernick three times, delay a game. You saw two quarterbacks, one ascending and one descending. And you saw the two-hand dunk over his head. That's what he did. He pulled the two-hander. Latavius Murray continues to amaze with his ability to make great plays. It kept eight in the box a lot of times because they are afraid that he could bust out for a TD at any time. He had a couple of good runs. Only 76 yards with just the possibility of him going full distance. Kept the defense on edge. And all this comes down to this, Raider Nation. We have a football team, I believe. If these guys can come together and play this kind of tenacity football and listen to this, the best freaking part of it all, they played it like Raiders. They played it like Raiders, man. See how Moore was right up in Kaepernick's grill telling him he was a punk-ass biatch. Man up. It was all about his baby-ass attitude on TV. Seymour just told him to slap a pad, Pada. This is a man's game. And the defense was all over him. Mac was crazy. Woodson, I mean, TJ Carey. How impressive was that defense today, Romo? You know, I, I think in general it is we saw them again get tore up and embarrassed a week ago and they came back and they were so strong they were flying and i tell you what they were putting the wood on those niners today you know i i saw uh, miles burr step up and play a good game he got a sack today but i saw guys throwing their bodies around they played against one of the best running backs getting gore down you see how 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 he is through the hole, but getting him on the ground is not easy. They kept him under 100 yards. When you keep Gore under 100 yards for the 49ers, they lose. It's that simple. So um, I thought the defense was phenomenal. They played with a sense of urgency, and that was across the board. Offense, defense, special teams played with a sense of urgency for 60 minutes. It wasn't a, oh, they started slow and they finished strong. It was 60 minutes, and they just played the course. 
the team came to life against the San Francisco 49ers and the Battle of the Bay, which I would consider our Super Bowl, really, one I'll remember for years to come. What is Jed York going to tweet now? Is he going to have to apologize again? Is the big I am question. sorry, 49er <laughs> fans. You just got your butts kicked by the Raiders. <laughs> Roma, what stood out for you in this game? Derek Carr. Derek Carr put the team on his back and said, I will not be denied. I played the worst game of my life last week against St. Louis, and he came out here and was a pro. I mean, the way he managed the game, the throws he made, he was so on today. I'm so proud of that young kid. And, man, I'm telling you right now, it was just a sweet, sweet victory, ever so sweet. Thank you, Raiders. Thank you, Coach. All right, listen up. Hey, fellas, okay? I don't know how to explain this to you, all right? But it's what I've been telling you guys all along, okay? There's no, no, no let up in this group, no, sir. okay? No, sir. Listen, we decide when it's over, okay? We decide when it's over. Nobody else decides when it's over. We decide when it's over. I'm really proud of you, okay? Really proud of you. And you should enjoy this thing, okay? You really should enjoy this thing. Remember, this is a crazy game, man, all right? Last week you were one place. This week it's totally different. I told you last night, okay? All the people, all right, that this thing is for, I get it, okay? I get it. And they got it right now, all right? But this is for you, okay? This is for you. See you Wednesday. I want you to have a great time. Smile! Even thank you, McKenzie. i got to take my hat off to you because of this. And you guys know how I feel about this guy. I've punked him for a long time. But i got to get him kudos where he deserves it, man, or I wouldn't be real. Has Reggie McKenzie shown enough to be able to stay on board with this franchise moving forward? I think it's it's too two-part question because I'm Reggie McKenzie. I, t- I talk to Mark Davis and I say, hey, look, in this three-year process, i got you a franchise quarterback. After you get a franchise quarterback, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to go out and get a guy who can change the game on defense. I got you a game changer in Khalil Mack. He's a rookie. Up for, he could possibly be up for rookie of the year. What he was able to do, two sacks, guys, well, might be rookie, you know, and another, you got two rookies that are stepping up, playing big. Say, I got us two players that are going to be dominant in the future. On the flip side of it, though, when you say, does it, did he do enough? Hey, in three years, you've only won 10 games. Hugh Jackson won you eight games. You fired him, Reggie. Uh, and the flip side of it, you say, okay, so uh, you get rid of Carson, who's a pretty decent quarterback. Did we really get better? We got rid of Bush, running back, who had some you know success. We get rid of Jennings, who's running well in, for New York with the Giants. So you, you go through that process and say, you brought in this coach, the head coach, who we just fired a head coach. Um, that was there, and Dennis you said Dennis Allen. Allen. You fired Dennis Allen. You brought in Dennis Allen. You bring him in, and then you fired him, Reggie. So, your track record is it? Uh, you know, it's it's good. You've had some good things that you've done, some splashes, but what about the body of work? So, I think it's going to be interesting off season because personally, I think that Reggie McKenzie has to be held at a very accountability level, has to be held at a very very high point for him because if you look at it. 
Yeah, he's done some good things, but has your organization increased or decreased? And right now, it seems like it's decreased. The, the point of the matter is this, and Lowe was hitting on this. If you think that Derek Carr is the future of the franchise, if he's the franchise quarterback that you can build on moving forward, is that enough for Reggie to say, hey, I found you the franchise quarterback, now we can begin the process of moving forward? Does that buy him the fourth year? Because that's the question with all the fans. I mean, we saw it yesterday coming out of that stadium. People were stoked. Raiders fans were going nuts, and they deserved it. That was the Super Bowl for them. But let's not forget... 10 and 35 in three seasons. Harbaugh, they're trying to run him out of town. The guy's got seven wins this year. Seven wins this year. Reggie's only got 10 under his belt in three seasons, and that was coming off what? Back-to-back 8-8 eight and eight efforts where they were challenging for the playoffs? So that's the cold reality of it. The fact that he found Derek Carr, is that enough to extend it and get it to a fourth year? Yeah, I would keep Reggie McKenzie just based on the recent draft. You know, you got Carr, you've got Mac, and then go all in on Jim Harbaugh. That's what I would do if I'm Mark Davis. Go all in. Move all your chips to the center table and just go all in. Pay him like a Super Bowl winning quarterback or head coach? Yes, because, yeah, if you're going to have a coach that's going to come in and provide stability for the franchise, you're going to have to pay money. You're going to have to put money on the table to get that job done. And that's one thing the organization hasn't had. Look at how many coaches have come through there. I mean, it's, You talk it's, about stability. They, they've been the... Mind-boggling. The, yeah, you can't have that type of instability you know, with your coach and in the front office and expect to win ball games. It's not going to work. Well, to, to, well here's a, the contradiction part to me, what you just said, Chad. So you're saying keep Reggie. When Reggie brought in a coach and you tried to keep this coach for three years, you bring in Dennis Allen, you keep him for three years. So did he stay too long? How how are you, you know, if you're saying this is the guy of the future, Reggie McKenzie. I think what I'm trying to say is, is that I, I believe in Reggie's eye for talent. I think he's got a pretty good eye. He just misfired on a coach. They brought in Dennis Allen. They thought that would be the guy, and they were wrong. And he did inherit a nightmare of a situation. They had a lot of bad contracts. The salary cap prevented them from doing anything in free agency. They had no first-round picks. I mean, this was a team that they, they've been hamstrung. And he's gotten them to a point where they've got money to spend. The question is, are they spending it correctly? That's for another day, though. And you look at Harbaugh and what he's done in the past. He's a guy throughout his coaching career who has gone in and taken over situations that are a total mess, a junk show, and he's been able to retool them into something um, that wins. He's done it everywhere. everywhere. He did it at San Diego. He did it at Stanford. Look at the Stanford the program Niners. now. And, and, that's and what, the Niners. Yeah, and that's, where I, and that's where I'm not talking about Harbaugh, but that's where I disagree about when you talk about Reggie McKenzie because I'm looking at it like we said earlier. Players make plays. Coaches' job is to make decisions that's going to help determine the outcome of the game if all things being equal. So you guys are saying that did he inherit a bad team and all these other things? They won eight games. And you guys saying, oh, the salary cap and all the different things that go around. Take a look over at New England. It's not that you have a bunch of superstars. It's the system that's in place. It's the process that goes on. So when we sit there and we talk about, oh, well, you know, he inherited this team. He inherited all those things. That's where a coach is being paid to do is to get guys and big guys to be able to play. When you look last I look, Patriots don't have really a bunch of superstars at receiver, a bunch of superstars running back. You have a superstar tight end and a superstar quarterback, but it's done by guys that buy into the system. It's done by average players. Danny Woodhead used to be over there, undrafted guy. Danny Woodhead, he was a, a mainstay in New England. He done great for San Diego. It's about the development, and it's about the process of players, and that's the coaches and organizations' job to do. I thought that the Raiders, you know, like I said, they won those eight games with guys who they said they couldn't play. 
Guys don't all of a sudden forget how to play football. It's about de- attention to details, and it's about the process. And I haven't seen the consistency out of Reggie McKenzie in development. Yeah, you want to speak consistency. You mentioned the New England Patriots in there. Last night's win over San Diego. That's now 12 straight seasons with 10 or more wins. All these players that are starting to come to life for his draft picks. And, and you know, say what you will. I'm hoping this stays consistent but it seems to be going forward and getting better as we start to play. Let's hope that the Rams game was an anomaly, that it was just a team beat up and beat up and finally got a victory and just trying to take a breath and had to play another game. Because this Niner game was everything we need to be. And I am proud to be a Raider fan because our fan base, man, were cool. There were many asshole Niner fans to be found. There was a lot of popping off in the parking lot. What's your record? Loser, loser. But there was not to be denied the scoreboard in their face. See you in four years, 49ers. We got the trophy. Come and get it, baby. And that is all I have to say about that. They're going to hear a whole lot of that. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Let's hit the pregame. I take a train to the plane. If I have to work, I'm going to judge the same. Where Kansas City, here I come. Well, the Oakland Raiders traveled to frigid and, well, wet Kansas City. Another rivalry. As a matter of fact, uh, it's payback, because that's how they're they're coining the Raider Week this week. It's payback. We have to stand and protect our house. They call it the kingdom. That's their kingdom. That's that's the phrase that the Chiefs are using <laughs> to describe their stadium. The Oakland Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs 24-20 back on November 20th. Now, while it was the first win of the season for the Raiders and pretty much made their season, when it's Raider week, you can throw everything else out the window. This is going to be a big-time game and a big-time rivalry. Before last season, the Raiders had won six straight games against the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. But in last year's game, the Chiefs had nine sacks, picked off three passes, and then broke the noise record before having to break it again this season. The Arrowhead impact was alive and well last year against the Raiders. Pass to the near side, picked off! Up the sideline, it's Abdullah! Hussein Abdullah, Talon! If you're looking at an area to watch for, in particular in this game, it's on third down. 
where in the Chiefs' last matchup out in Oakland, they converted just 2 of 14 third down conversions, while the Raiders converted 8 of 16. But this is where Arrowhead Stadium can make the difference. Chiefs' kingdom has made it a habit to make it very difficult for opposing offenses to consistently move the football, particularly on third down when Arrowhead Stadium is at its loudest. Pryor's in trouble, being chased, he's going to be hit and obliterated! Over the last three games at Arrowhead, the Raiders converted just 9 of 38 times on third down, a 24% mark. In order for the Chiefs' defense to have success on Sunday against this Raiders' offense, That means containing rookie quarterback Derek Carr, who threw for over 250 yards and had three touchdown passes last week in their win over the San Francisco 49ers. In addition to stopping Carr, the Chiefs defense will have to contend with running back Latavius Murray. We know what he did in the game back on November 20th. They're going to run a counter to Murray. He gets across the middle. He's in the backfield. He could go all the way. Latavius Murray. He had the long touchdown run, ran for over 100 yards on just four carries before leaving the game with a concussion. If the Chiefs defense can improve in the run game and force the Raiders into some longer third down conversions, a 24% conversion mark on third down will not be enough to beat the Chiefs on Sunday. Well, uh, welcome to the nation. The Raider nation is going to take it down, baby. And the reason I can say that with confidence, you know, I, I could say that with confidence because we've beat them before. We, we haven't changed our game plan a lot. We've has, we have the same kind of plan. We're just executing these plays way better, folks. You're not going to see a lot of different plays against Kansas City. But I assure you that the players playing this game are going to be playing at much higher level. The Raiders should be able to slap the Chiefs around their own house, the kingdom. For 60 minutes. Alex Smith already on media right now. He looks like a deer in the headlights, honestly. Alex, from playing Oakland last time, how does that kind of help you this time around? I mean, it's, it's you know, the second go-around within the division. Uh, like all these, this one, you know, a little different in the sense that we played them a few weeks ago. Um, you know, fresh on our mind. Uh, you know, so not much has changed since then. I mean, certainly there, there will be little wrinkles here and there, but... Um, you know, definitely uh, uh, more recent, so you have, uh, you know, that, that, that to go back on. And as you go through their team, including their coach, this is not a cakewalk as they might have circled it at the beginning of the season. There's a few players out. Tom Bali, uh, let's see who else they got out there. They got Jamal Charles, a uh, couple of guys with concussions. They're not sure if they're going to play or not. Here is a great thing to think about, Raider Nation. And this is what I would be thinking about, too. We just knocked the Niners out of the playoff contention. Well, if we beat the Chiefs, they're going to be out, too. (laughs) And what better could you be other than a spoiler when your season blows like ours? We are the best 2-14 team (laughs) ever. Well, maybe not. Maybe three wins. Maybe four wins. Because I'm telling you, I want us to win every single game we have left. And I want to win convincingly, and I want to win where people go, uh-oh, the Raiders could really have something here because with Mack, with Khalil Mack and C.O. Moore and Woodson and the Assassin that are playing at this level, these guys play like this in Kansas City, 
and it'll be over before it gets started. I'm looking for that game. I'm looking for that victory game. I'm not looking for that letdown game, this game. This is the transition, this is the position, and this is the direction that we need to go in if we're going to go anywhere. And that means we have to be consistent in the way we win football games. We can't beat someone's ass one week and get our ass handed to us the next week. That is not the secret of success in the NFL. This is the game. This is a huge game on every level. And I feel very good about the Raiders going to Kansas City and coming out with another W. Let's see it happen, Raider Nation. It could totally be the case. Trust me, the Bandito will be up in the house. I'm sure the Violators making the trip. The Raiders come big time to Kansas City, Raider Nation. Trust me. Everybody from the Midwest is going to be in that damn house. People driving from Chicago, people driving from from Miami, from Washington, D.C., people travel to see this game. It is an epic contest, and I'm going to tell you right now, there will be plenty of silver and black in the house. That I can assure you. And I can also say this. Let's watch our team as they grow as young professionals learning from the veterans and trying to find a way to make a consistent team come down. The Raiders need to be consistent in this game. Let's watch it happen. I would just love it. Let's see it go down. There's a lot of fans that never get to see a game that are coming to this game. Come on, Raiders. Show them you are because I swear... The victory against the Niners at home just made me feel the best I've felt in years. Trust me. And on that, I am done. We got to beat Kansas City. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. It's time. It's time for the fans. It's time for the Raider Nation. It's time for that damn bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Let's hear it, Raider Nation. you got to let the joy percolate to the top. And let us hear what's going down in Raider Town. All right, who's our first caller? And our first caller, my good brother. Mikey Raider from Raider Central. Check him out. What's up, brother? M-I-K-E-Y-R-A-Y-D-E-R. It's Mikey Raider from Raider Central. Haven't called in a while. Wanted to let you all know that I know you miss me. And I know you guys want to win this Battle of the Bay. Coming up here tomorrow afternoon. But I'm going to give you some information about the end of the season, what's going on, and how the Raiders can fix themselves moving forward. Because it's that time of year again Christmas, Raider firings, New Year, new players and coaches. It all goes hand in hand, you get it? For the Raider organization. Look here, Raiders. Y'all ain't the toughest team. That's been proven. You get your ass whooped. 
You cry about it, you're all good people, but you're not very, very tough, most of you. Okay? That being said, here's three things that will help the Raiders win at least three more games next year. That's right. Three things that will help the Raiders win next year. One, as Raider Greg stated in his last podcast, why not bring in Ray Rice? He likes beating up his wife. So that means he likes beating up other players on other teams. You know, put a picture of a woman on their helmet. And then, you know, he'll get some big yardage. He's a good running back. McFadden, MJ Drew, Defiant, Latavius, Marcel Reese, and Ray Rice. Good free agent. Who cares about the drama that will come? He settled in court. He did his time. Blah, blah, fucking blah. Bring in Ray Rice. There's a guaranteed victory in it for us. Second, Richie Incognito. Tough son of a bitch that harassed Jonathan Martin for the 40 whiners. Well, Jonathan Martin is a pussy because he couldn't take it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong what Richie, I don't know everything Richie Incognito did, but sometimes Jonathan Martin should have punched Richie Incognito in the mouth and said, I ain't putting up with your shit no more. I'm tougher than you. So Richie Incognito, he did his time. He learned a little bit. He's going to shut his mouth. He ain't going to cause that many problems. But he's going to be a beast on the field. Bring Richie Incognito into the Raiders. Add some toughness. A little bit of diversity to this team. That's a guaranteed victory. Bring in Jim Harbaugh. Do whatever you got to get him. Don't give up too much in the trade. But figure out a way to get this motherfucking head coach. He's an asshole. He's a prick. People don't like him. They're afraid of him. They walk away from him. But he gets the job done. Silent people are scary people. And if you're scared for your job, you're going to play better. Because you don't want to piss off the scary coach. And he's good at developing quarterbacks. Bring in Jim Harbaugh. Guaranteed another victory. I just added three victories to the Raiders. With Khalil Mack, Derek Carr coming back, that's another victory or two. Pick up a good one, at least one great free agent. Maybe a dead line if you pay for him. Big wide receiver. Take him away from Dallas. He's a fiery guy. He yells a lot on the sidelines. Fuck it. Bring him in. Harbaugh will put him in his place. They'll be magic together. There's another victory. Bring in a good rookie. Offensive line, defensive pass rusher, another linebacker, another number one cornerback. It's another victory. So I've just given you six or seven victories right now, Raider Nation. That's just my opinion. I've talked a lot. Now I'm going to get drunk and watch this Battle of the Gays. I mean the Battle of the Bays, and see what happens. I know our Raiders can pull it out if they play their best game and they want to win it, but if they play like they're good men instead of tough men, we're going to get our asses whooped again. So let's go watch the Harbaugh Bowl, and I love y'all. Thanks, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. So proud to meet you guys recently and hang out and have some good vino.
Well, thanks for the props, brother. One thing about the Raiders is for sure, and that's nothing. <laughs> nothing is stable. Nothing is set in stone. There's going to be a lot of change. And so ah, then there's free agents, man. There's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot better free agents that could be available than those ones we talked about right there, than Incognito or even uh, uh, Rice. Although, you know, I think Rice would be a great addition. I do not think uh, the spousal abuse is something to make light of, however. But, you know, he is a member of the Slapaho tribe. I must say that for sure. Um, and he could probably help our team. But there's so much there's so much in transition right now that, you know, we just have to wait and see. It's exciting. I'm excited. Whatever happens, I think we got the right mix. Let's just hope they don't screw it up. Thanks for the call, bro. And next, from Glasgow, Scotland, don't you even say the Raider Nation's not worldwide. Jen Raider, what is happening, bro? Hi, Raider. Randy, Raider Greg. This is Jen Raider calling from Glasgow, Scotland. It's absolutely throwing it down here with sleet and snow. And I'm just sitting here thinking... To everybody in the Raider Nation, let's do something for the people who are a bit less unfortunate. Some of the homeless charities. Do something for the people who can't be with their families for whatever reason and help them the way that we help ourselves and look after their own families. I know the Raider Nation is good to help people less fortunate than ourselves. I'm calling in the morning of the, the game against the, the Niners. And uh, well, I've got to say, this is the only game which I've really wanted us to win. I know all you guys in the States would like to beat the Chargers and the Broncos and the Chiefs. And it's brilliant to beat the Chiefs. It really was outstanding. But the, the 49ers, let's just beat them. The Felons 11, the San Alcatraz 69ers. doesn't matter where you are in the world when it comes to a big derby match like this. Um, you feel it. If you lose, you feel it. And I can assure you that um, the 49ers fans over here uh, probably just as much like the same as the ones over there uh, in the Bay Area themselves. They're idiots. The only way to explain it, they're idiots. From Scotland here, where the snow and the sleet and the hailstones are absolutely chucking it down. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the whole Raider Nation. And God save us all. Bye for now. Now that was an epic phone call. Same back to you, brother. The Raider Nation wishes you, of course, the very best this Christmas season. And check that out. The, Ra the, Raider, the Raiders over there certainly understand the importance of this contest all the way to frickin' Scotland. That is epic, bro. And yes, the Niner fan is consistent wherever they are. They all stink. <laughs> I love it, man. I just love it. Thank you for the call and the sentiments, bro. That was priceless. Good call, man. Well, this is a great call because I like the originality of it. This is Mr. and Mrs. 5.30 on a freaking Sunday morning pregame. Yo, Raider Greg. It's 5.50 in the fucking morning, Sunday, Sunday, pre-gaming. We got our asses kicked against the freaking Rams. The fucking nation is pissed talking about getting rid of freaking car. What the 
fuck is going on with these people? I have no idea what's going on with our fucking state of our team. Potentially, we're in Texas, we're in L.A. Oh, well, L.A. doesn't want us because we're gangsta. Oh, San Diego's going to block us if we go. Oh, that's my wife in the background. I'm sorry. She loves us, too. But here's the reality of the fact, man. It's 5.51, Everybody's pre-gaming. Drunk as fuck. We need a win. Dude, I cannot go to work in San Francisco on Tuesday with a loss. If we lose to these fucking Kaepernicking motherfucking sucking dick motherfuckers, I cannot take it anymore. This is Chuck Beers, the mighty, mighty Raider Nation. Rise up. Fuck your north, in, get north, south, east, west. Let's keep it in Cali. If we have to move, we have to move. We're all fucking as a nation. We'll figure it out after that. Oakland, baby. Oakland. Fuck the Niners. Fuck the Rams. Fuck the Chiefs. Fuck the Broncos. Fucking Chargers are going to block us to go into L.A. That gives us a chance to stay in Oakland. But, man, we could potentially be in San Antonio. Two games left at our house in the Coliseum. We need this win to make everybody in the Bay Area feel happy. One love. Peace. Raider Greg, as my wife always likes to say. Raiders! Lighten it up early, man. I love it. This is how the nation rolls. And guess what? I know when you went to work, you are one happy mofo, bro. No doubt. Thank you for the call. That was epic, man. And next, from Arkansas, Raider Gore is in the house. What's going on, my brother? What up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is Raider Gore calling from Arkansas. Damn, Raider Greg, I know you're at the game right now tailgating. Please tell me that that doesn't look like a fucking Niner home game. Fuck, I got all these motherfuckers already talking shit on Facebook. Oh, my God, I hope we get this win today. Fucking Raider Nation, stand up. Defend the fucking black hole today. Let's get this fucking win. Let's go, Raiders. Take care of that shit. I'm out. That is so true. There was a lot of talking smack. And they were smug. And they were in the house, bro. There was a lot of red in the house, but it was very quiet red. <laughs> they didn't say crap. They tried to throw up all kinds of, well, you're losers. And all you had to say is this. We are the winners of the Bay. Get out. It was beautiful, man. Absolutely epic, as you know. But no, the Raider Nation, we were cool cats, baby. Very cool. Thanks for the call, man. And next, Raiderette Danielle from Arkansas, one of the fabulous females of the Oakland Raiders. I love the lady fans. What is up, girlfriend? Hey, what's up, Raider Greg? It's Raiderette Danielle from Arkansas. We're about 45 minutes from kickoff. And I just wanted to call and say, let's go, Raiders. Let's beat us those lame-ass 49ers and shut all those haters up. 
perfectly said. Couldn't have said it better myself. And guess what? We did. <laughs> Beautiful day in the Bay. I'm telling you, this whole week has been fun. Thanks for the call, girlfriend. And our next caller is the Duke City Raider out of New Mexico. Another Raider fan. Listen, man, listen to these places. Listen to all these places these people come from. The Raider Nation is massive. What's up, man? What's up, Raider Nation? This is the Duke City Raider out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. First time ever calling. Just want to say it's strong out here. The Raider Nation is very strong out here. I'm outside right now watching the game. I think the Raiders are doing all right. I mean, against the San Francisco 49ers. And I know there's a big rival out there. Out here, it doesn't seem all that strong, you know, as far as the rival. That's more against Denver. But, uh, damn, man, I, I, this is just badass to be out here. Always listening to you guys. I feel like I know you, man. Just listening to everybody, you know what I'm saying? I always listen to it every week. Finally got the guts to call, say what's up. I just want to say peace out. The Raider Nation is strong out here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This is the Duke City Raider. Ouch. Oh, I know New Mexico brings it because they bring it to Arizona every time they play there. There's a huge number of Raider Nation in New Mexico, bro. That's the fact, and I know it. Thanks for the call, man. You know what? Thank you for listening to the show. Randy and I love to hear it. It's good for us. We kind of need that kind of stuff. Uh, we'd like to know that we're reaching out, touching the Raider Nation, bringing a little bit of love to the Raider fans out there in hostile territory. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, my good brother, RJ, the Raider junkie from East Whittier, California, back in the hood. What's going on, bro? Tell me. This is RJ, the Raiders just calling him from East Winter, baby, and then we're going to have friends, yes, people, fucking whiners, me and my son over here celebrating, yeah, yeah, Mr. Woodson, Buck Chuck, yeah, baby, hey, like this, love it, we love the fucking, we're kicking the fucking whiners ass, man, hey, feel good? Feels real good right now, baby. I hope you guys enjoy the ride home, baby, and the tailgate after out there in OC Coliseum, baby. Take care. Play. A good fan and a good dude, man. And very, very good Raider fan for sure. Excited, no doubt. The entire world was rolling when we kicked the Niners' ass. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is the Desert Raider. Hey, how you doing, Sid? <laughs> What's going on, brother? Raider Nation, Raider Nation, Raider Nation, Raider motherfucking nation. This is Raider Sid, a.k.a. the Desert Raider. That's how you fucking play a motherfucking game. We didn't have to wait till the last second. We pounded these motherfuckers in 
to the motherfucking ground. San Francisco's a good fucking team. They've been to the NFC Championship game the last three motherfucking years. They were in the fucking Super Bowl. And we fucked them up. Straight up. Good motherfucking job. Good motherfucking job, Raiders. The fucking defense played like fucking ballers. And the offense, you didn't do too bad. Derek Carr, you're the fucking shit. And what about Seabass? A 57-yard field goal? Good job, motherfucker. It's about time you showed the fuck up. This is what this team's capable of. I don't know what the fuck we've been waiting for. But this is what we can fucking do. Now, I don't know if fucking Harbaugh's going to be coming to the fucking team or if we're going to keep our current coach. I don't fucking know. We need to get that shit straightened out. We need to get our fucking draft picks straightened out. We need to get our fucking free agents straightened out. We've got a fucking team here. We've got a fucking core of players that can fucking play when they show up to fucking play. Now, this wasn't a fucking fluke win. We didn't have some sweet play or something that went wrong. These two teams beat the crap out of each other, and we came out ahead. Plain and simple, we fucked them up. Now, come on, Raiders. Let's keep this fucking shit going. Don't worry about fucking where you're going to be in the fucking draft. Fuck that. That's for fucking losers. That's how fucking losers think. All right? Now get out there and win some motherfucking games, or at least fucking give a fucking effort. But you know what? For this week, good fucking job. You guys fucking kicked ass. And finally, everybody at the motherfucking bar is patting me on the motherfucking back. Of course, they're all fucking Seattle and fucking Dallas fans. Fucking assholes. Fuck them. I'm all about the fucking Raiders. Let's go, Raiders. Let's put two in a fucking row for once. All right, you won the fucking game. Let's go to the next fucking page and win the next motherfucking game. Wouldn't it be nice to sweep the fucking Kansas City Queens? Because those guys are motherfucking bitches as far as I'm concerned. I'm sick of this shit. Let's get some fucking wins and then take it on to next year. Son of a motherfucking bitch. We're 2-11. You know what, if we had some motherfucking balls, some real motherfucking balls, we'd be 10-3 and three right now. All right, think about that, motherfuckers. All right, Raider Randy, Raider Greg, thank you so very much for the podcast because it's the only way I can fucking let out my fucking emotions, really. My wife asked me, why the hell do you call in? I go, you know why? Because otherwise I'd be p- fucking pounding we're fucking going crazy around the fucking house. All right? Let me do my shit. Let me call in. Let me get my fucking aggressions out. You know? And that's it. Thank you for the podcast. It fucking kicks ass. Keep it going. And you know what, Raider Nation? If you guys are out there listening, fucking fork in a couple dollars. Put in five bucks a month. It's not going to fucking kill you. These guys need to get this thing going. Damn. If if you have a job where you have to have a fucking deadline, it's bullshit. These guys aren't getting paid for it. Fucking help them out. Raider Randy, Raider Greg, you guys are the best. Raider Nation, hang in there. 
Derek Carr is the fucking real deal, man. He's the fucking light. That little fucking flickering light that's fucking keeping the Raiders going. And so is fucking Khalil Mack. On both sides of the ball, we got a fucking star. Let's go, Raiders. Let's go, Raiders. This is Raider Sid, the Desert Raider. I'm out of here. Now that is the reason we have the bone line. <laughs> All you wives out there who hear my voice who say, why do you have to listen to that guy anyway? Trust me, it's best that they listen and that they call, because if they don't, it's poison, honey. It's just poison. You have to get it out. <laughs> yes, we kicked the Niners' ass. I appreciate all the props, man. Very, very cool. Thank you so much. Uh, can't say it enough, bro. Thank you. And our next caller, directly from Houston, Texas, my good brother, Houston Raider Steve. He got a chance to sit next to us for this contest. It was a freaking blast. What's up, bro? Hello, Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. Boy, I was fortunate enough to sit next to Greg and Charmaine at the 49ers game. Almost lost my voice, as you guys can tell. Man, that was a hell of a win, man. I've been going out here since 2010. First game I saw was at the stick. Saw the Raiders lose, man. That was a bad game. That game. But this was complete opposite, man. We waited four years as Raider Nation. People said, oh, you guys might not win a game this year. Oh, you guys might win one game, so you got your one win. Well, you know what? Today was a statement game. We knocked the 49ers out of the playoffs. And I tell you what, some of them are good sports about it, but a lot of them don't like losing to the Oakland Raiders. It's the same thing in Texas. The Cowboys don't like losing to the Houston Texans. It used to be the old Houston Oilers. There's a rivalry thing going on. It's like between L.A. Dodgers and the Giants. Anyway, man, we were cheering our ass off, yelling and yelling and, and just high-fiving everybody. And, and uh, it, man, it was just awesome, man. The way we pulled that out, the Raiders have arrived. The best thing is people all across the United States are going to be looking at their box columns and box scores while we're eating breakfast for tonight. Or we'll probably see it tonight. And go, what the fuck? The Raiders won. Man. Hey, take that, Tom Jackson, Mark Smith, and Bronco Nation. Man, that was a hell of a win, man. Nothing made me prouder than to see Greg and Charmaine there. Then I was sitting next to that man and just talking about the game of football. I saw my, my good friends from uh, Knights of the Shield out of Fresno. Saw, uh, of course, Mike and, and some other great fans. Obviously, it's a bad boys barbecue, man. That's all. That's, that's the reason why I come out here, man. Today was was a Christmas present for the Raider Nation. You know that you couldn't get drafted better, man. And the way they came back and won that game, man, this, this is the best win I've seen out here since since I've been going out here. I've been out to what, eight or nine games now out here since 2010, and I couldn't ask for better friends than you guys in Raider Nation and the podcast and just all of you, man. I love you guys. You guys are my brothers and sisters, my in Christ as well. So. uh, Enjoy this Christmas present, Raider Nation, and go Raiders. We're back, baby! Watch out. This is gonna, We're going to show them, man. The Raiders are back. You know, we're taking small steps and everything, but you know what? We're not going to be the doormat anymore. Carr, Marcel Reese, Murray, the way that defense played, man. Man, it was great, man. Second Kaepernick just doing all that. They even missed the freaking field goal, the 49ers. That kind of tell you where the game went. God bless y'all, and... Go Raiders! We're back, baby! 
Yes, it was fun, and yes, it was probably one of the better games I've seen in many, many, many years. The nation was electric. <laughs> I can't even tell you. There's no other description. Thanks for the call, bro. It was fun. And our next caller, a very passionate and decisive fan, no doubt. This is O.C. Rada from behind the orange curtain. And if you don't know what I mean, well, <laughs> you've never been there. What's up, brother? O.C. Raider here, man. Uh, greetings, Raider Nation and Raider Eds. <laughs> nice win, guys, man. You know... I don't know why you guys can't show up and do this every week. Who knows, man? I don't play pro football, and neither one of us. So uh, we just can only speculate. But um, um, I like the car and Rivera thing, man. I'm telling you, man, that's starting to come around really good. I think Rivera's starting to come into be a really nice tight end. I'm glad to see that. He still needs a few more weapons, but um, nice win today. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this the way – Harbaugh went out of his way to say hello to Mark Mark Davis. Pat him on the back and was chopping it up with him. Dude, I, guys, I think today was a dress rehearsal that Harbaugh needed to see that you need to come on over, my man, to the dark side. You got a quarterback over here, and it made that other punk look like a fool, man. Fucking Derek Carr put on the clinic. He's played well all year, man. He's had his ups and downs. We had a shitty-ass game last week, and Carr played well today. He was poor. Boys, pride, hey, man, he was Raider-esque, man. That's all I can say. I'm very happy for the team. They all did well. Um, I'm glad to see Jones, Drew, and McFadden sit their asses on the, on the bench, man, because they're, they're done, man. I'm sorry. Um, we still may, uh, you know, Beast Mode comes on the market next year, man. We might want to try to take a run at him, but if we get Harbaugh, Curry, and that Rivera thing, and maybe my man from Alabama, God damn, what's his name? Amari Cooper. Holy shit. Anyways, man, nice win, guys. Peace out, man. Have a good evening. Very nice, positive takes because, you know, look at the team that showed up. You, you know, I can hear it in your voice. We're all the same way. Who the hell are these guys, and how do we get them to stay and keep coming every Sunday? I don't know, man, but it's nice to see that. And Carr is a beast. Thanks for the call, bro. And next, we have Raider Red from Southern Illinois. What's happening, brother, besides the cold, wet, snowy, wind-blowing conditions? What's happening? Raider Nation, it's Raider Red from Southern Illinois. And, man, it feels good to be 2-11, doesn't it? Hey, that's two wins. And uh, after going to St. Louis last weekend and getting my ass kicked all over the place, that's a nice... That's a real nice win. And, uh, hey, now I'm going to KC this weekend. Let's see what happens there. Man, I'd love to have a win there. That'd be two in a row. Wouldn't we all be shitting our pants? What about the game, man? When I saw Donald Penn catch that ball, I thought, holy shit, we're going to win a football game because you just feel the enthusiasm. I can feel it all the way out of here in chilly-ass, cold-ass Southern Illinois. And uh, I know you felt it for sure out there in Oakland. Holy cow, that's a good crap. It's all a lot of red, but, you know, being as close as they are, I guess that's to be expected. Um, hey, you know what? Derek Carr, I think he solidified his future with the Raiders. He looked great. The defense looked good. Got some interceptions. That was nice. 
the runners ran. Well, one of them did anyway. Latavius Murray, we got to keep that guy. I think Drew was in. I think McFadden was in. McFadden. But, uh, hey, man, and here's the big deal. This is what, this is, I'm going to put it out right here. The catchers caught the ball. We caught the freaking ball. And I think that was the difference in the game was those receivers catching the damn ball, people catching the damn ball. That's been a big problem for us all year. Raider Nation, man, it feels good to win. I don't know why I'm happy about 2-11, but I am. Hey, we got to win every game. I don't give a shit about that draft. We'll get the draft. Don't worry about that. And uh, Jim Harbaugh, maybe we'll get him, maybe we won't. I don't think him talking to Mark Davis or anything. I think he probably talks to every head coach, but we're going to make a big deal out of it in the media. But, hey, it's good to hear uh, It's good to hear the Raiders' name on the on the news. You know what I mean? Especially out here. We don't hear much. So that's it. That's all I got for now. Raider Nation for life. We're in this, man. I still love it. It's 2-11. All right. I'm out. Yeah, you can hear his voice. You'd think we were going to the playoffs. We just won a great game the right way. And the Harbaugh Bowl, what they called it, and him going over there, I think that's a great slap in the face to the Yorks. I think that was a fantastic punch in the nose to the York family saying, all this bullshit, watch what I can do. He can go anywhere he wants to go. He has the driver's seat. And who knows if he comes to Oakland? I don't know. There's a lot that's up in the air. All I know is we have a game Sunday against Kansas City, and I want to kick their ass. And that's all I got to say. Thanks for the call, bro. And next, we have a very, very good contributor to our show. He's consistent. He's a great fan. I love the guy. And you know him as Obi-Wan Raider. What's up, Raider Nation? Obi-Wan Raider here. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, that was a fucking awesome game. I enjoyed that more than the fucking Chiefs game. I'm sorry, the Queefs. Man, fucking Khalil Mack. He better get fucking defensive rookie of the year. The A's was one to Charles Woodson chipping in and moving up on the list. What's up with Donald Penn, man? Big man making touchdown catches. Take that, J.J. Watt. Man, I'm just fucking excited. This, the Battle of the Bay, man. My fucking, my store manager, good person, good person. She's a 49er fan. I just rubbed that shit in her damn face today. She said, get out of here. Get out of here. It was fucking awesome. Our fucking payroll clerk, too. <laughs> she's a 49er fan. I can't wait to see back. So I can rub it in her face, too. This is just fucking amazing. Go Raiders. Look what a running game does between Marcel Reese and fucking Latavius Murray. There's no fucking reason why Murray should not be starting, and his backup needs to be Reese. Great game. Derek Carr put on a fucking clinic. I know everybody's clamoring over Harbaugh. I don't know if I'm ready to crown Harbaugh right now. I kind of like the fire the Spiranos lighting underneath their ass, but no, he's not going to be the coach. Uh, I'm just happy, guys. Obi-Wan Raider out. Go Raiders. We got bragging rights for the next four years, bitches. Oh, yeah, 49er fans. He's a dick. See, it seems like we won the damn Super Bowl. It was to me, and it was to everybody else, I think, the Super Bowl. It was our damn Super Bowl for sure. Now, I don't know about Sperano, Stan, or Harbaugh, whatever. 
I just don't, like I said, I just want to win the next game. Great call, bro. Thank you. Our next caller is out of Austin, Texas. That would be Raider Zen. <laughs> don't know, bro. What's going on? Raider Nation. This is Raider Zen out of Austin, Texas. That's X for commitment to excellence, E for pride and poise, and N for just win, baby. Raider Nation, the Bay has been captured, but I know you guys already know about that, so I'm not even going into our, our beautiful second win. What I really want to talk about is the future. You know, like most of the nation, I'm already on the next, uh, the next off season looking for what we're going to do. And I understand everyone's talking about Fire and McKenzie. I agree. I understand. But really, I want to take a, just take a step back, you know? If we do fire him, who, we, who is next up? Who's the next man on deck? I think, Reddy Greg, you said it best when you talked about Reggie's biggest problem is his pride. I mean, if you think about, you know, Lamar Houston, uh, Jared uh, Beldier, you know, even, even, even that, uh, that Rams, the Rams guard, you know. I mean, Reggie impresses me as someone who doesn't have a plan B. He, he doesn't come up with a successful plan B. You know, he has an idea and if it doesn't work, you know, he's looking, he's looking around with his, you know, with his, <laughs> he's looking with a, with a fool on his face. And I think that's the main reason why a lot of his free agent pickups haven't really been that inspiring. You know, his, his, uh, his pride is basically his kryptonite. So I'm, I'm not even saying let's stop the chanting of a fire in. I'm just saying we have bigger problems than Reggie, which, which I guess kind of brings me to my, to my next, my next point, which is the home of the Raiders or the Oakland Raiders or fill in the blank city Raiders. When I think about, you know, what everyone's been talking about, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more chatter about this. I think the stadium is going to be a huge indicator on how our free agent slash coaching slash GM slash player searches. I think that's how all of that is going to go. It's going to be real dependent upon what happens with the stadium. You know, I mean, the stadium right now is pretty shitty. You know, the bathrooms are overflowing. I don't know. A lot of people are thinking that, you know, that, that shitty smell is just the bathrooms. But really, it's probably some of the coaching staff. And I think that's why, you know, Dennis Allen was the lowest paid coach for so long. I mean, there was no no other good coach was really trying to you know approach the Raiders, and that's why I think all this Harbaugh conversation is going to be a little mute. You know, I think I think Harbaugh is the type of guy who might have a little chip on his shoulder, so he might just might want to go come over here and just stick it to the 49ers. I could see that, and I would love that, like everyone else. But I just I I don't see it happening though. But when I think about, uh, you know, with the stadium, again, I mean, going back, comparing the 49ers, if you think about the, they, they make about $52 million off their, their ticket sales. Oco makes about 38 plus or minus, you know? And I think that that $14 million makes a big difference when you're trying to sell, especially when you think about how broke the Davis family is, you know? I mean, the, the big talk is about, you know, what's going to be the first franchise that makes it, that makes it to L.A. And I think... It won't be the Raiders. It really won't. Because I think the biggest issue with that is going to be the stadium again. And you have to be able to build your own stadium. If the city of Los Angeles is going to pay for it, you got to sell them on it. And we can already know, tell that Mark Davis is not, he's not his daddy. He cannot sell the team. He can't, he can't inspire that kind of, that kind of call to action, you know. And so, I, and that's why I really kind of think the, the Rams will probably be that team that moves over to LA. You know, their, their owner, and I was looking this up right before I called. His, their owner, Stan uh, Krilnick, 
is worth five point eight billion. That's what the B. Five point eight billion. And just, just for the record, Mark Davis wasn't even listed. Davis family wasn't even really listed. Um, which reminds me though, because there was one of your callers from the the pod last podcast was talking about why we can't just do shares, kinda of like how the Packers do. But um that's that's actually been banned, so we can never do that. The Packers are were grandfathered in back in the NFL owners ownership meeting back in nineteen eighty, so that will never happen for the Raiders. So we have to worry about other things and bigger, better things. So that's pretty much all I have to say, gentlemen and ladies. Oh, and, and ladies who call, that just sounds so sexy. I don't know if it's because you're talking about the Raiders, but mm, lady Raider fans are just some of the most beautiful, amazing in the world. So on that note, one other thing I want to let you all know. If you think about all the teams, the 31 other teams that try to be as good as, you know, we used to be, okay? And if you think about all of those, we have a winning record against all of them, except for seven. The seven teams, and most of them, are only, we're only down by one game, you know? So if you, if you take this 12-year little shitstorm we've been on, we can be right back. So I'm telling you, again, I'm, I'm the eternal Raiders homer. I accept that. I think every, every season is going to be a 16-0 and season until we get that first loss. But I'm telling you, Raider Nation, we're right there. Only seven teams can say they have a better record than us. And of those seven, four of them are only up by one game. One game. Just one season. We back. Back on top. All right, Raiders, don't forget it. Raider Nation, I'm out. Well, thank you for the call, man. And, and I, I got to tell you this and be quite honest with you. Levi Stadium is huge. It's beautiful. It's modern. It's got, you know, turnstile shitters. It's got it all. But what it doesn't have are real fans. What I mean by that is it's priced out the average Joe. Costs $400 to two people with one child to see a football game, maybe more. That's sitting in the bleachers way the hell out in the stratosphere. It is absurdly expensive, ridiculously prohibitive to the local fan, unless you got tons of dough. So as far as I'm concerned, I love the Coliseum, man. I love that shithole. Fix the toilets, fix the plumbing, put in new locker rooms, slap some paint, some new seats, call it good, I'm ready to go. New stadium? Hell no. That's strictly my opinion. Thank you for the call, man. And our next caller, Raider Jen. Again from Scotland. Now, these calls are not free like you guys here in the U.S. He's got to pay big money for these calls. And we appreciate it. And I know it, bro. What's up? Silver and black, are you listening? 49ers, we are listening. Kaepernick shite, we're happy tonight. Walking in the Raiders' wonderland. How amazing was it? Did anybody listen to Tony Sperano's speech in the locker room afterwards? Did he not sound like Alpha fucking Chino in any given Sunday? Not to just use this as an emotion um, after the game. I do think that just watching Sperano and the reaction that the players give him the respect and the respect he gives back to them, believing in each other when, frankly, sometimes we don't. I think he should be given the job for next year, for another year. Bill mind your sexy coaches and all that. We were saying, had all those kind of sexy coaches not really worked. 
he's actually done. He is doing some uh, good things with the team. The results obviously don't always show it, but they are trying to do different things, and you can see that sometimes they've worked, sometimes they haven't. But then there's been other things where we've, uh, the players have made some really stupid mistakes and given falls, fouls for absolutely nothing. But then the officiating teams have called technically right fouls, but at times, but they're, they're absolute garbage. Garbage fouls are given against us just to hold us back. I think sometimes when you said, Raider Greg, that the officiator, the officials are actually doing their best to make sure the Raiders stay at 0-16, you were right. I have to say, you're right. I didn't really believe it. I thought, well, but watching the games closely, watching the reruns of them, yeah, I can believe it. I can absolutely believe it. But here's a little thing. How lovely was it of Jed York and Jim Harbour to send us a Get Well card? Us to get a Get Well card for a wee change. And a Merry Christmas one too. Anyway, this is Jim Raider from Freezing Stormy Scotland. Wishing you, Raider Randy, Raider Greg, and your families, all the best, and a, happy, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year, and to the Raider Nation, God bless us all, hope you all have a Merry Christmas, and a lovely, happy New Year, and I'm out. Yes, it's very nice, we could send Jed York and Harbaugh a get well card, I love it! <laughs> That's what happens when you win, that's the reaction from Glasgow, Scotland, thank you for the call, brother. And next out of Memphis, what's going on, my Raider brother? What's up, Raider Greg? First time caller. This is the Prayers out of Memphis, Tennessee. President of the Raider Nation of Memphis, better known as R-N-O-M. Anyway, I just liking what I saw there. You know, I'm glad we had that win. Brings back the morale because we all are pissed about that atrocious gang in St. Louis with that ass whooping, if you will. But it just goes to show that um, when the guns are here, we produce and we come out and we start whooping ass and taking names, the old railway. I know this year is over with, but um, I'm optimistic. I hope everything turns out fine. Can't wait to see the Raider Nation again in Oakland if they stay there, which I'm praying they do. I don't know what the fuck Mark Davis got up his sleeve, though, but I guess what can you do, huh? Anyway, go Raider Nation. Go Raiders. I'm out. First, thanks for representing big time as El Presidente of a club, bro. It's a lot of work. I know. Trust me. Second, you know, that ass whooping in St. Louis might have done something to these guys. I don't know. Uh, It was ugly. I just want to forget about it. But this game against the Niners, I'm just going to sit on this one and just revel for a bit. Uh, you got to love it, too, my man. Thank you for the call, man. Always good. And next, Raider D from the IE. What is going on, my brother? Good to hear from you. What's happening? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. It's your boy, Raider D from the IE. I'm checking in this week, man. I didn't check in last week at all. I don't think there was anything I could have added to that. That was the most atrocious performance I've ever seen uh, the Raiders. I mean, that shit, I remember, I don't know if you remember that year, they went and lost to Buffalo 51-3. to That was pretty bad, too, but that shit was ugly. This week, stepped it up, pulled out the high, hard one, and gave her a shove, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Right up in a motherfucking 49ers ass. Here's my spin. 
I'm hoping that this team did a full out, you know, demonstration for Harbaugh as to why he could come across the bay and find some success. Because we beat the shit out of the Niners, man. Every facet of the game, we stood up and beat their ass. Running game, passing game, uh, offense, defense. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We, we put it on them out there. We um, Obviously, we need to pull a, a, a coach somewhere. He wants to go somewhere. He's looking across the bay. Shit, I'm not opposed to having hardball. Shit, he's a football mind. The better one we got, I like the uh, old Soprano. I don't think you guys call him Soprano. But, you know, he's just not a, a leader of men. He's a rah-rah guy, but um, he's um, – He's got a fucked up hand because he's got an offensive coordinator that ain't worth a fuck, and he's trusting these guys. Instead of saying, you know what, Greg Olson, if you don't put in some plays that are going to make this team win, I'm going to I'm gonna throw your ass off the goddamn uh, top of the goddamn stadium. You know. Anyways, I'm pumped. Obviously, you can see that. I'm going to be in town this weekend, man. I would love to know where, the, uh, where you guys are going to be checking out the game. Um, call your boy, Randy D. I'm out. I don't know if it was a rehearsal, but it sure was an Oscar-winning performance for uh, Harbaugh, for sure. He uh, saw the whole deal and the possibilities therein. I don't think he's there. I don't think they're even close to being there. But it is interesting, you got to admit. Thank you for the call, man. And our next caller from Bellingham, Washington, the 360 Radar. What's up, bro? What's going down, Raider Nation? It's the 360 Raider checking in from a wet and rainy Bellingham, Washington. Awesome win on Sunday. Happy for the team. The win over San Francisco, big for us. Pretty much stomped the life out of San Francisco, they're done. They're not going to the playoffs. They ain't doing shit. They're going to be watching on the couch just like we are. So, Kaepernick, get up and get me a beer and make me a sandwich, bitch. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, Let me just say this. The man is not a man. He is a young child in a man's body. You could tell by his behavior. Spoiled rotten and coddled, I'm sure. And the fact that that staff hasn't taken him to the side and told him what to say is surprising because it makes the whole organization look jacked up. And they've been in an NFC Championship game three seasons in a row. They went to the Super Bowl, and here's this guy acting like a little biatch. Well, that's what you get when you coddle and not cuddle. That's what I'm saying, man. This kid needed some more love and not somebody stroking his ass. And you know what? It shows they've mismanaged this kid, and it just shows right there every time he gets in the microphone. Thank you for the call, brother. That was pretty damn funny and so tragically true. Well, Raider Nation, I just have to say I'm loving the team that played the 49ers. I love their tenacity and their passion and the whole vibe that was from that team. I hope that team appears magically in Kansas City and handles its business. The thing I like most about this team is the nastiness in it. The in-your-face, jaw-to-jaw, push-for-push, 
Raider attitude that I saw them bring against the 49ers. The C.O. Moore-Kaepernick deal, that whole exchange, the whole pushing and shoving after the play, I freaking love it. That's what this team needs. And if they bring that with them to Kansas City and unleash it, well, we'll see the real Kansas City fan go down in a... And that is the loveliest sound I can imagine. And that's what they will be hearing in Kansas City on Sunday. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.